Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast, a podcast where we watch a movie and then we talk about it. My name's David, and my lord, does that crack look Moorish? My name's Sam, and did someone say Oscar bait? And I'm Ross, coming into this podcast like a silverback fucking gorilla. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So this week, uh, we watched 2010's uh, The Fighter. Um, and I just want to make another note. Um, this is another film that is not made in the 90s, but is about the 90s, um, which thereby adhering to our rule about forever living in, 19, we, in the 1990s. We really have a niche, don't we? Genuinely, co- it never occurs to me until we start recording that we've yeah. done this again. Yeah, we've cornered that market. <laughs> it's not until 25 minutes in we go, oh, shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> Damn it, 90s um, again. <laughs> Again, it sneaks you up on me. You tricked me. Um, but in the pursuit of making a coherent podcast, Sam, do you want to tell us a little bit about this movie before we jump into a discussion of it? Mm, so this film is based on the story of Mickey Ward, a fledgling boxer who tries to escape the shadow of his more famous but troubled old, older brother and get a, a, his own shot at greatness. Um, David O. Russell, directed and starring Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, Amy Adams and loads of other really impressive people. I think this is a really good cast. Um, across the board yeah um, I would agree I think it's and and I think it's a a really good cast all doing really good job as well Mm -hmm. yeah I miss uh, Melissa Leo off that list actually and I think she is she she definitely gets a a, a mention for probably my favourite performance in the movie Um, she is fantastic she plays Alice Ward the the mum of of, uh, of the, the two brothers and oh yeah it's just amazing she so does a this great is, job um, in that you hate her you <laughs> absolutely hate her you really do um this is our second sports movie um i guess first? technically um blood sport is a well it's another <laughs> no. fighting movie <laughs> it's not a sports movie at all <laughs> it kind of is it has it's sport in the title fighting tournament <laughs> it's, it's yes <laughs> but it's another movie about Fight. I think it combat. counts. No, I don't I think, think it counts. I think that's a martial arts movie, and this is a sports movie. Is like primarily about the sport, and that's not you know. There's 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 a different tone and feel to yeah. a sports movie versus I think. But anyway, this is this is a this is a this is like a tangential sports movie though. You know, in the way that something like Remember the Titans or whatever else. You know, those type of movies which are rocky. Yeah, they're much more immersed in, in, um, in the sporting like event, whereas I think in this it's obviously it's it's a bit more of a soap opera, isn't it? It's a bit more of a drama about the characters, and 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 then they have a bit of boxing every now and again, and it kind of it's so, and that's maybe to its actual strength in terms Credit, of yeah. in terms of how I the think film comes across. I think it makes it a better movie as a whole, um, and we'll get more into this as we talk about the plot a bit more in depth. I think. But it does mean that there's quite a lot of like, what am I watching? What's happening? <laughs> is this film about crack? Is it about people being poor? Is it about dysfunctional families? Yes, you know? yes, or, and yes. <laughs> like it, it, all of the above. It's like of the first hour of this is maybe you know, really before we get any any boxing to speak of, really. Um, and we can sort of get into whether that's a good thing or not. Just before we kick off, um, I'm not a, a, a huge boxing aficionado. 
Um, it's not nope. something I go out and spit seek. Uh, you, how about you guys? Um, yeah, and, and I know Sam is, uh, pretty much follows the fighting. He's uh, well, he's competitive. He's, he's, I mean, well, he's an ex fighter himself, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you look at him, and that, you know that guy. He's competitive. What's, be- what's, what's below lightweight? Um, I, I don't. Well, I, this this well, actually is have an interesting fact, fact actually, which is what I want to talk about is that in this movie, this, I, I didn't read much. I didn't see much written about it, but. Um, Mark Wahlberg um, is he's meant to be a welterweight which is yeah. the, the lowest yeah. weight class in boxing um, and the I think the official weight uh, as of now is 147 pounds um, yeah. now I weigh in excess of 200 pounds and I'm not that fat um, so I think there's a bit of like movie magic going on here where welterweight boxers aren't quite as built as Mark Wahlberg is in this movie there's a bit of a artistic sort of um, imagination. Well, it's showing you what you expect to see when you watch a boxing movie, as opposed to I think like if you've ever watched any welterweight boxing, they're quite like skinny guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they're more oh, yeah. wiry than yeah. anything else, um, as opposed to like your heavyweight boxing, like your Muhammad Ali stuff and your Rocky stuff that you'd be more familiar with. From you know, that's what you expect to see in this movie. So that's kind of what yeah, you're, you're, you're Mike Tyson's. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, just a point of interest because I'm not, again, I'm not a massive well, boxing fan, so I was uh, interested to see that. And, and, and Mickey Ward, the, the welterweight, you know, this is this is a, a, a movie based on his real life. A true story. Um, yeah. True story, yeah. So, like, he's, it's kind of his story, isn't it, in terms of coming from poverty, I think. You could quite you could quite easily say, like, the, the people who live in, in the world around him, it's all very... Uh, well, he works. He works surfacing roads with his crack addict brother Sam. I yeah. think that's poverty. But but I but think. It, but it's not about. It's not about like, you know like trying to become rich or you know to get get himself out of the gutter. It's not that. It's just you know to try and make a bit of money. But it's 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 mostly about you know his passion for fighting and and how that wins like throughout the movie and then it's sort of rekindled, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's not he's not trying to escape the world because he's. And all the characters mm. actually quite comfortable and quite proud in that real like honourable, good working class way of like, we're, yeah, they're very grounded. Yeah, we're we're proud to be from where we are. Um, uh, the, the other, <laughs> I mean, I mean, some of them are just fucking scumbags. Yeah, so let's, <laughs> let's let's be clear. Yeah, um, <laughs> I guess uh, to be to be a little bit more coherent here, so we start talking about about the plot, and then as as we sort of. Maybe we'll talk about the characters as they get introduced. Yeah, well, I was going to go on to Dickie Eklund because. Well, he's, he's where we start, isn't it? Yeah, he he's uh, the, uh, again. This is a real guy um, who was uh, the the proud of Lowell, uh, he, you know, a real pride, yeah, a real a real fighter, and from the seventies and eighties. And it's kind of like his story, played by uh, uh, Christian, yeah, yeah, Christian Bale. It's kind of his story, isn't it? Really, at the beginning, the the, the start of the movie is about how about Dicky. Basically reliving the glory days, you know, and and in contrast to whatever you would call the days that is in now, uh, not very glorious. <laughs> the well, crack it, days. The whole the whole hook is this documentary that they're making about his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how we meet all the characters initially. Is that it's this film crew following Dickie around as he explains. In, in to be honest, like when you're first watching it, quite a like. What's the word? Um, it's not it's not expositional because it takes about twenty minutes before you really understand any of the things you're being told. Um, yeah. and, and until that point, you're just watching like um, Christian Bale 
um, <laughs> act really weird if you're familiar with Christian Bale um, and like be followed around by this film crew and, and you sort of meet his family and you kind of eke out the nugget of he's a he's an ex-boxer essentially um, mm-hmm. so do you mm-hmm. want to talk about Bale is that is this a, a, an organic time yeah Get well, out of the I mean, way I, I I think this is one of his um, one of his best performances I think I think it's yep. extraordinary to watch. So impressive, isn't it? Yeah, to watch him go from 2005, he was Batman, and then two, you know 2010, he's 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 Dickie Crackhead. Eklund, and then in 2012, he's Batman again. You know, this guy like <laughs> this guy just is is physically able to transform himself, but also just he get is, inside that head. He is one of those scary like method actors who gains and loses weight at an alarming rate. Um, between roles, because um, he's quite um, skinny in this. Uh, but then, if you look at uh, like The Dark Knight Rises, he is, you know, hanging beef. You know, it's cut. He is exactly cut. yeah. So it's kind of like a like, and you kind of can't help but appreciate that in an actor when they're like putting that much into the craft, you know, preparing for a role. And we at the end of the movie, you see some um, archive footage of. Well, not archive footage, but you see some footage of the real life Dickie Eckland and Mark Ward. Um, Mark Ward, uh, Mickey, Mickey Ward. Ward, sorry, Mickey Ward, yeah. Um, and and then it's not until then I think that I realised quite how an amazing a performance Christian Bale was doing throughout this movie because he nails it. He nails all the mannerisms that the real life Dickie, um, Dickie Eckland has. I think it goes to um, his uh, Christian Bale's like method acting. You know, we we all take the piss, yeah. we all take the piss out of him for his uh, for his for being at this moment being for, a for, for Terminator yeah. Salvation. Yeah, no, yeah. For, for flipping at it like guys, and and like, um, but the, the, uh, there's there's also, and I and I actually remember listening to um, one of the, another podcast, uh, what we do movie, and there's one of the guys on there saying, you know, like people don't understand how difficult it is to be an actor. You know, everything relies on you. There are hundreds of people here. And you need to stand up, and you need to pretend that you are X, Y, Z. You know, you're you're a killing machine, or you're a boxer, or whatever it is. And the way the way a lot of actors do that is by just getting in, getting inside the character, and they don't leave. Christian Bale didn't. Um, he he stayed in character quite a lot in this he in this movie. Uh, you know, as 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 they were around the set and everything. And I think that's the type of thing where. You, you you can take the piss out of it, but that's how you get a performance like this, you know, mm-hmm. where someone is just completely embodied. He spent loads of time with the real um, the real guy, and I think you can tell the amount of energy, amount of work that's gone into crafting a character like this. It's it's not, you know, it's not simple, and I think Bale is, like, one of the many characters, uh, many actors in this movie who just nails his brief. And gets he won a right. he won an Academy Award for this role actually, um, yep. for best supporting actor I think, yeah, um, yeah, which, which is, I think is is fairly well not deserved. surprising, yeah. Uh, but it, it's one of those movies like we mentioned off the top. It, it's kind of Oscar baity, um, I suppose, but it's by no means like you know I don't know if you guys remember The Revenant. It's not as bad as that. You know, you're not watching a guy crawl through snow and get frostbite for three hours. Um, you know, it's it's not quite that difficult to watch, and I think it, it what it does is it's it's Oscar bait that is still a like a watchable and probably rewatchable movie. 
you know, um, definitely quite a lot of like Oscar, you know, Oscar baity movies are really a one and done for me a lot of the time. Like they're just hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, think of a movie like Schindler's List. You know, like you know, when have you ever been in a mood to sit down and watch Schindler's List? You know, you never, never are. Com- coming soon to imaginary movie podcast. <laughs> that movie is fourteen hours long, Ross. Yeah. Good fuck. I don't think I don't think we have the um, skill to craft that, do we? Dare uh, to dream, son. Yeah. So we, the other character, the other um, character in this is uh, we've mentioned Mark Wal- uh, Mark Wahlberg a little bit, but maybe just going in onto him. What do we think of Mark Wahlberg? Because I, like every time I can't decide. No, I can't decide either. Because every time you like see him in a film, you think, "Oh, that was good." Like you. He he did well. He he you know he did everything that he needed to do, and I never feel blown away by his character, by his performances. Mm. It's kind of like I think he's very good at selecting roles that suit him, and yeah, this film was, this film was think... one that was very like this was a personal thing for him. You know, yeah. Yeah. he didn't take any money for it. He spent he did all his own boxing, all his own stunts. He's a big boxing guy anyway. So I think like I again I can appreciate the process of an actor getting to this point where he's able to embody a character like that um, yeah. as much as maybe the performance isn't as you know it's, it doesn't take your breath away in the way that I mean, some of the others do I think what, that, Go on, Ross. thank you <laughs> I, I, I was going to say Sam you mentioned that you're you weren't particularly blown away by him and I think in this movie in particular that's actually a testament to what he's done because mm. this character is he's in his brother's shadow you know what I mean and so and when you've had a lifetime of that, you become accustomed to not being the focus. And I th- maybe it's because maybe you've watched more Mark Wahlberg movies than I have, Sam. But I think that was actually it, it was quite well done. The fact that he's that he's not that you see that he's nothing special, or that he's perceived to be nothing special when compared to his brother, and all the all the love is on his brother and not him. And he's he's that used to it now. He doesn't even resent it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's expected. And it's you know as as the movie progresses, the plot progresses, and then he actually starts to I think anyway he starts to sort of value himself a bit more. But I think it's it's actually Mark Wahlberg is up there as well. He's done he's done a fairly good performance on this as well. I th- I would agree with you, Ross. I think that like I think his performance is really understated mm-hmm. as opposed to Bale's quite larger than life performance. And I think that yep. just because of the way obviously the script is written and things like that. You remember, you remember Bale because he's doing something, you know, quite different. And and Mark Wahlberg, I think, is like Sam said, he's playing a role that's much closer to his own heart than that than Bale, who is you know doing a job acting. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that that leads to people looking at this and thinking that he's doing, you know, less work. And I, th- I don't think he is. I think you're absolutely right, Ross. Um, the bit for me, and and we'll get to this in, in the matter of course, where. He turns around to his mum and he's like, "Can't we just have this one thing be about me? Yes. Can't me fighting for this title?" And that really hit home, you know. Like, if you've got siblings, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's always a nugget of that. And, and that there was a that was a real, really real moment for me. I think Wahlberg like does a fantastic job doing this performance, and like you said, in an understated way. And he's not, mm-hmm. you know, massively emotive, and he's not massively going out there. I will say, I think Mark Wahlberg. Outside of this movie is is quite a limited actor who maybe the only roles where he does really well in are when he's playing like you know a Boston street tough <laughs> you know <laughs> anything else I find a little yeah, bit hard to swallow. Yeah, 
Exactly. Um, but, you know, I think this is kind of like maybe maybe one of the best roles I've seen him in in terms of like, you know, he obviously feels very strongly about it and, he, and he's really good at it. And the fact that he did his own stunts really comes across in the movie and, and again, like lends, lends a bit of realism to, you know, what, what he's obviously, you know, a big lie we're watching on screen. Yeah, uh, completely agree, Dave. And especially that scene you referenced as well. You know, you said a head home for you, and I know exactly why. So, and yeah, I'm 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 glad you sort of agree as well, and that's sort of head home for you too. Yeah, totally. Um, Amy Adams. Now, I I think Amy Adams is top quality. Generally, I think I all, all all of her movies. Um, I think she she manages to do something that's really interesting. You ever seen? There's a movie called uh, I can't, Enchanted or something like that. Is it, is it Enchanted? She basically she's a cartoon a, a cartoon Disney princess who falls into the real world um, with Patrick Dempsey, and it's like you know it's not an incredible movie, but she she just fills the role so well. And I think in this film, she's she's just doing something again that's really really unique, and she's just working so fucking hard at it, you know. There's a quote from from Russell, the, the director, who said, "There are very few things that a director can have at his disposal better than an actress who's trying to break type, and is extremely motivated to break type." And I think that is exactly what she's trying to do. You know, through her mm-hmm. career performances, is she's in a, such a different range of movies. She plays the rom com. She plays things like this, where she's able to really stretch her like acting um, muscles, and I think. She's another one as well where you just think, God damn, like you'd you'd want one of these performances, never mind <laughs> never never mind four or five, you know. Um and she got her best supporting acting nomination as well. So Yeah. Well she was fantastic in this. Um I'm gonna sound like an asshole here and I'm trying my best that I word this that I don't come across as an asshole. But um and this is the, the the truth for most of the sort of characters in the movie, but they're portrayed so well with character as characters with flaws, and you'd think that is the bare minimum ex- expectation for any movie, but it comes across so well, and it, it's so you know prevalent in this, like you know with Amy Adams, like you know she's a bartender, you know, and you hear her backstory: she went to college, dropped out, too much partying, and she's a bartender now. She seems like a nice enough person, but she's there with flaws, and she's got these. I'll say habits or ticks where she can go off on people, you know, like the you know a guy gives her a bad tip and she calls him a, a cheap fucker, you know, and it starts ringing the bell. And there's other characters in there as well where they'd even start fighting, like later on in the movie, and she's just and they're going at each other. And even though you think you know as the movie, you know, you're sort of rooting for Amy Adams, you're on her side, she's the good person. She still does some pretty mean shit to the sisters. But yeah, like it's not. It's, there's not a good person or bad person. It's it's people with flaws, and I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. She she does a really good like like you guys have already said everything I'm going to say here. But she she she's obviously really good in this and everything else. Um, be right, Ross. She plays a three dimensional character, and I think that's the takeaway for all of the characters in this movie is that mm-hmm. there are two sides to every. Even the mother, who is quite despicable throughout most of this, yeah. like kind of gets a bit of redemption in that last act and. Do you know what I mean? Like she's still their mum, and and the sisters, I guess, are less so. Um, but the Amy Adams character, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll get into that in a minute. Um, the Amy Adams character is kind of like I love the duality of, you know, she's obviously tried to get out of this like really poor community where people are, you know, this confrontational and shouty, and that's how they resolve problems is like hair pulling and 
you know, yeah. screaming. And, you know, but it's still there. So she's like, you know, she's she's reaching to get out. And, you know, and then her interactions with um, the mother and the sisters and, and then Bale as well are like... They all they all go back to that core of like this character, you know, also grew up in this really poor town and has had to, you know, deal with you know, you've got to, you know, fight for your fight for your own and again it comes across really, really well and gives Adams like a lot of room to, you know, do some acting. Acting Speaking of acting, um <laughs> Melissa Leo as as the best sorry, performance in Amy Adams plays Charlene Fleming, which is Ward's girlfriend, just to keep me up, but Melissa Leo as Alice Eklund Ward. I mean, this is the best performance in the movie, and I will fight all of you. To, I agree. I agree. To, 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 and to, to def- audience, he'll do it because Sam, as I said before, is an ex-fighter. <laughs> He's a contender. <laughs> ding um, ding. Yeah. Um, Ross is going to start training him to fight in some welterweight <laughs> tournament in Glasgow. This is the comeback story you've been waiting for. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but but um, Melissa Leo, I just think. That it, this is like one of those. It's one of those performances where whenever she's on screen, everyone else looks shit. You know, <laughs> it's actually really distracting sometimes. When I, I, I think you see you see it with some of the sisters, and no no fault to the to the the, the fine actresses playing yeah. the sisters. But it, it's like, hair and makeup, isn't it? You know, it's, it's not. It's they're not they're not objectively bad looking. It's 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 the style they've gone for in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I was I, I meant I meant more their performances, Ross, but that as well, I suppose. <laughs> No, I, I would agree, but the, I think that that's like a. I think that's more of an issue with, like, there's not enough room in this movie for all these sisters to have like their own individual characters. Yeah. So well, we'll keep referring to them as the sisters, the sisters because mm-hmm. largely they act as a group. But 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 what what, I, but, what I mean is, I'm, though, is... I'm, I'm sorry, Sam, to interrupt. But and, and Dave's mentioned something really sort of. Uh, it's something that I wanted to bring up for this as well. In that, that you know, when you say the sisters act as a group, and I just thought that that's a testament to the movie as well because. You, you do see that in families as well, where, you know, like, you know, whether it's, you know, an outsider to the family, you know, someone introducing the girlfriend. And I've seen that. I've seen, you know, like there'll be two or three sisters or even two or three brothers, you know, like on the other side of it. And they really just hone in on and try and like, you know, dig out people's uh, sort of weaknesses or anything that, that they're sort of sensitive to. And they're, they're they're not three three or four people. They are one unit designed to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. In my experience, in my family, for sure, um, we use situations like that uh, not to <laughs> not to intimidate the newcomer, um, but to debase the person who brought them. Yes, yes, um, yes. You know, if yes. my brother has a new girlfriend, then you know we don't meet them for a while because he knows what's coming if we're all around. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, me and you are a lot alike uh, in so many ways, Dave, and that is one of them um, yeah. because it's the exact same uh, at my family. Sorry, Sam. You had a point you wanted to bring up about the movie or something. I guess. <laughs> no, I, I'm not sure. We're what's not going doing on. like the dad cast again. Yeah, you guys okay? Everyone We're doing all right? siblings cast. Do you want to stop recording? Or, oh, um, I'm Sam. I had a lovely childhood, and all my siblings love each other. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but, yeah. but I, I think... went to Disneyland for a school trip. Fuck you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Sam yeah. went to school in uh, Imperial France. Everyone all right? Everyone feeling good? You feeling positive? <laughs> I'm pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Right. Well, Melissa Leo then, because I think let's let's actually give her yeah. the praise that she really deserves. As I said, she steals every scene. She's also got this like amazing ability to switch on a dime from really like like she obviously loves her children. She loves her sons. She loves her daughters. And and, and you can mm-hmm. see that the reason the kind of core a core drive is because 
it, it, uh, sorry, her core drive is that she loves her children and she wants them to succeed. You can see that. And then the problem is, is the way that she expresses it and the way that her actions actually take over, it becomes so caustic and damaging. And like she, she just, she just completely isn't able to deal with, um, uh, with, with, um, Dickie's uh, addiction, yeah. you know, and he's he, she's not really able to like even acknowledge that Mark Wahlberg's character, Mickey, is, is is like trying to actually surpass him. You know, there's just all these different dynamics going on, and then mm-hmm. and this performance is just the whole time you feel like it's on a knife edge. You feel like she's just going to explode at any point, and I think that is that to, to be able to carry that tension through every scene, I think is just super quality and and you know she won the the best actor nomination against amy adams and wow um i think best as supporting much, actress probably. sorry sorry best supporting excuse me but the as much as amy adams was great i think the scenes especially when amy adams and, and melissa Lear together are just like mm-hmm. wow this is just brilliant we're watching some really really great acting so i think it's a just just brilliant. She died in 2011, actually a year after oh, this. Yeah, yeah. After this movie came out, so it's kind of what like a, a. I'm not sure what she would have thought about her, you know, her yeah. portrayal. I know I mean, somebody. Like, I mean, like you've you've really sort of nailed it, Sam. Again, you know, she she commands such like you know in the sort of in the movie where she commands such respect and reverence from everyone around her, and it's that sort of she has this automatic distrust or. Belittlement for everyone, anyone she perceives to be outside the family. I mean, you see that with Amy Adams. You see that with uh, is it the guy's name is Sal? You know who, who runs the taxi cab. Yeah. And um, and she, what's brilliant as well is because, <clears throat> and no offense to any Karens out there, but she goes from zero to Karen so fast, and she's even got that Karen haircut, and it's 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 fantastic. But and she's I'll, the I'll, she's the matriarch of this big family, isn't she? And yes. Kind of like, yes. And if you've met big families, like they can, they can be like this, oh, like yeah, big extended yeah, yeah. families, you know. And they'll have the real like do not fuck with, and anything they do is like you know with each other or whatever. There's nothing. There's no dealings outside of that. Um, and, mm-hmm. and and this captures that really well. And and Melissa Leo will keep saying her name because honestly, I think this is a performance of a lifetime from her. She's had like a decent like career of doing other stuff, but this is a real standout of. Wow, <laughs> you know, perfect casting and just amazing yeah. execution. I mean, we've joked before, you know, like earlier on when she's like, "Oh, she's you know, she's she's the person you love to hit in this movie." But and you know, uh, it was mentioned actually by Sam. I think you know th- there is that profound level of love she has for her whole family. But it's a shame uh, in the movie you see that that sometimes that love is sort of it's it's more it's more sort of a uh, balance towards uh, Dicky her her firstborn and it's i i don't know if this hit home for you as well Dave, but uh, you do see that in a lot of families where they don't even parents don't even see the sort of the preference they have for a child and and it's so prevalent in that and it, uh, the way they sort of show that in the movie um uh, yeah I'm, I'm, i loved it yeah you're right ross um it's uh, like you said it's sometimes like you want to shake your parent and go do you understand <laughs> He <laughs> spent thirty years doing this, um, and it, and it, I guess it's just like human, natural human, isn't it? Like I guess um, mm-hmm. 
you know, oh, I guess uh, not to be specific here, but like in my family, it's so there's 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 one child that, that everyone has to worry about, so they're the one, they're the favourite, you know. Yeah. They get all the yeah. attention because like they can't cope by themselves. There are so many facets of this movie that it feels like they've they've really sort of shown up what real life is, you know, like you know, part of it being as being part of a family, you know, a, a, a family member with you know with an addiction. Um, flawed characters. There's so many facets that this movie got spot on. It's incredible. And also, there's some boxing as well. <laughs> yes. Well, um, and delicious crack. Delicious crack. Let's deal with the crack first. Um, so, chronologically in this movie, I guess let's talk about the. I'm going to split it into two halves here. So, um, and that would kind of like that. The first half ends when Dickie goes to prison, doesn't it? And then the second half is is more more the Mickey story, um, which we'll get into. So let's talk about this this first half of the movie, the first hour or so, um, where we meet the family. We have the documentary crew. Uh, we meet Charlene, Amy Adams' character, and we have some quite funny bits, some quite sad bits, um, and a lot of shouting in these like not Boston, as Sam pointed out earlier, but you know Massachusetts accents. Honestly, I'm surprised Matt Damon and Ben Affleck didn't rock up halfway through this. <laughs> I'm sure they were attached to this movie somehow. Um, it seems a <laughs> producer credit. Yeah, have a have a bit of a, a difficult birth. Um, yeah, that I think I think at the first the first part of this movie, you could kind of accuse of being a bit slow, you know, and and a bit ponderous. And especially I think that if you, is in fact what I said when I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, especially if you come at it from a point of like, you know, where's the boxing? You know, why aren't we talking about the boxing? Show me the boxing. And and there's not really that much early on to 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 kind of say that. But I think it's actually a really I think it's I think it is a it is an important part of the movie that they they build up and they, they really go into all of the characters there. They 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 show the situations that um, that are gonna kind of pay off later on, not directly, but the the, the tapestry that they that they kind of develop, I think, is is such a foundation of the movie because yeah, he won he at the end he wins a boxing fight and he becomes champion of the universe or whatever, but that's kind of hollow versus he his his journey and his like redemption and and his brother's redemption and the mum and all these other things that I think you kind of without without this hour, fifty minutes or so, you're gonna lose the impact of that. And I think so I think it's a really intentional point. But I, I do kind of, you know, to, to your point, Dave, think it's maybe a wee bit slow to, to begin if, with. If you go into this movie blind, I, I found myself having not really all I knew about this movie was that Christian Bale was in it and there was some nonsense around the time of him losing a load of weight and it was called <laughs> The Fighter so by which I assumed and you kind of you get that it's about boxing very early but I didn't really have like a good um, understanding of what this movie was about and after an hour I still didn't have a good understanding of what this movie was about um, you know so that was my complaint there, and I think I think it justifies itself in the end. I think you're right, and I think it really like it justifies all the things that it does in the first hour by the end of the movie in a really really fantastic way. But at the same time, it's a movie, and like you're asking me to sit through an hour of like often confusing and sometimes seemingly pointless stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Ross, what did you think? Um, well, <laughs> this is an odd one for me. Well, not an odd one. Um, it's I was actually quite lucky because I don't know if you guys remember, but back when this came out, there was a slew of movies um, <clears throat> based around sort of UFC and MMA. And basically, you know, there's one called The Warrior and one was called actually Fighting. And It's good that they've got a good breadth of names. Yeah, yeah, they're really creative. And so I remember I was hungover one morning and not one, yeah, one morning uh, after a feed of drink. And this was actually on, I think, Sky or something like that there. And I was like, I'll put it on, you know, I'll probably fall asleep to it. Thinking it was one of those ones, you know, like The Warrior, like Fighting. I was like, oh, I love UFC and I'd chug creatine into my eyeballs. <laughs> and I was actually, I, I, it was just quite lucky that I came across this. And, you know, th- as I was watching it, you know, I woke up a bit more, still dying out of my arse. But yeah, I was just really lucky that I came across it and, yeah, um, yeah, loved it. Yeah, cool. Um, so. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. It's one of those situations, Ross, where I don't really have anything to add to what you've said. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing uh, too bad, is there? No, not really. Like, this is a really good movie, and obviously, we aren't going to reinvent the wheel there and decide right at the end that this isn't a really good Oscar-winning movie because yeah. it is you know it's it's right there in the in the Wikipedia page um, I guess like the main thing that's happening in this first half um, Mickey is doing some things and we'll get into that in a second and, and mostly to do with Charlene and stuff um, but I want to talk about the funny bit the funny plot line we have in this and I say funny I'm, it's about crack it's not funny um, but it's played for laughs quite a few times um, so Dickie, yeah. Christian Bale's character, uh, is a crack addict. Was a crack addict in real life, the guy, um, and and the movie's kind of inspired by by a documentary they made, which I believe is called High on Crack, High on Crack, crack, crack in America, um, yeah. Lost Lives in Lowell, mm-hmm. um, which is like the real life HBO um, documentary that they filmed. I um, mean, the first half of this movie basically you have this film crew follow it follow you have this film crew following Dickie around. And he's basically talking about when he used to be a fighter and his career and things like that. Um, and it, you, they reveal right at the end of the first half, really, um, that Dickie and everyone, that, and the family and everyone else, they thought this was a documentary about fighters, about about boxers, about about his comeback. They thought it was going to be like a another, you know, uh, reimagining of Dickie's. Like he keeps talking about this big fight he had with this. Um, I can't remember who. Uh, Sugar this, Ray. This, Sugar Ray. Landers. Sugar Ray. Yeah. yeah, he had the big fight out of Sugar Ray where, where he knocked him down. He didn't win, but he knocked him down. And it's this big, like, we talked about the Pride of Lowell thing. And and when we air, when they air the documentary, like you basically have the whole family watching it and sobbing because they all obviously knew, knew but didn't want to admit like how bad his addiction was. Yeah. So um, well, that's like the prison... The prison scene is is the realization that these documentary filmmakers were actually making a documentary about crack addicts. Yeah, I think I think there's that that one of the earliest scenes in the movie is when he's walking down the street with the with the the film crew following him and he's saying hello to everyone and he's the big guy, you know. He's and and there's all this stuff and it kind of really, I really sets you up as as the audience to think that it's more focused on that. Yeah, yeah. And the, and then the movie kind of slowly gives you the little hints, doesn't it? Just to, to to say. Hmm, something's not right here. Like, like this guy. Well, it's when he um, twice in the movie. First, when they're going to have that first fight, we have, um, and then later on, um, they're knocking on the front door of his, you know, crack house, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, this is and good. He, and he jumps out of the window. And, and I, the first time it happened, I was like, well, why is he doing that? Does he not want to go? But then it, it's revealed, then when he does it the second time, it's revealed because, like again, the mother and the, and the stepdad and the sisters, they must all know that he's a crack addict, but like mm. they're not confronting it. So Dickie can't let them in the house for fear that they will com- confront the fact that he's a crack addict. And it's kind of like this weird sort of, again, Bale playing it perfectly, like this shame for it. Um, here's a bit of trivia by the way is that Dickie Eckland has said that um, he did do that on multiple occasions when his family came round uh, except there was nothing for him to land on um, <laughs> and he nearly <laughs> broke his ankle jeez hey. yeah it's pretty grim um, but like again like it, it kind of feeds you these little bits and we literally see him doing crack in the first maybe 15 minutes of the movie yeah it's quite it's quite a it's quite a kind of like arresting part of the film isn't it you know to see to see how um kind of worn out he is you know he's he's he's, a, he's an empty shell and that obviously the physical appearance of bale is 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 one of the other things but there's a real good there's a real interesting like tracking of his addiction and how um you know he's got a son and all this there's there's, there's lots of different elements going on where they're trying to kind of demonstrate much like the documentary, I imagine, you know how this guy has fallen from, from, from relative, glory. yeah, relative heights, to, mm-hmm. to, to kind well, of just about addiction, isn't it? And um, mm-hmm. and that kind of culminates in the movie. In in this is played for laughs, and it's really weird. But um, basically, he agrees with Mickey that he, they need to get enough money so that Mickey doesn't have to work, so he can train full time, um, <laughs> and. And so Christian Bale's crack-addled mind, uh, um, Dickie's mind, is like, how, how can we do this? So him and his girlfriend set up this uh, operation where... Well, um, they try to set up a pyramid scheme first, don't they? Yeah, they try to set up a pyramid scheme, <laughs> um, which is a really funny scene. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously it doesn't take... You're not seeing the opportunity I'm giving you. <laughs> that was a fun High scene. High out of his goddamn mind. <laughs> To all these Colombians trying to get them to give them all the money they've got. Um, so, Dickie's next like clever scheme um, is to, and this is really like, this I think this is the real like. It's played for laughs initially, but it's quite bleak. He gets his girlfriend to pretend to be a prostitute. You say um, pretend. I say she, pretend, and she's I have, giving him head in the car. So. <laughs> she's sucking strangers' yeah. dicks, and she then didn't basically have to suck dick. That wasn't. Anyway, moving on. Dickie comes up, and so Dickie's watching, and he comes up, he knocks on the window, and he basically like pretends to be a cop, and then they rob the guy. They take his car and his wallet, and thankfully we only see one rendition of this um, this this genius scheme um, because they're quite quickly like caught by the police. Um, it's a really weird arc for Dickie in this first half. Yeah, but but again, it's you know like. Uh, it's it, it's his life. This is most of this is is pinned to reality, and the family yep. and everyone was quite heavily involved. You know, some of them were particularly happy by the the end result of the movie. The sisters, particularly. But the the thing, so and this is this is where we kind of get to Dickie uh, Dickie being sent to jail, and it's a great piece of like um, screenplay writing because it removes. 
it removes Christian Bale's performance, it removes the Dickie character, and it extracts him back away into jail, which allows, it kind of gives the room in the rest of the movie for Mickey to become the focus. And this is, you mentioned it earlier, David, this is that term when, where, we, where we start to see Mickey as the, as the main character now. And I just think it's like, obviously he went to jail in real life and these things are based on reality. However, you couldn't actually write that any better in terms of structuring your story because it means that he's out of the way, he's, he's, in, he's behind bars, and he also gets a chance to get clean and do all these other, you know, these other kind of redempt, redemptive things. Yeah, you um, remove this really chaotic character that you would otherwise have to kill in a, in a, in a script, in a, in a <laughs> screenplay. Like, yeah. there are two options for this yep. character at this point. Either he's killed and therefore he can no longer, like, you know, hold up the rest of the plot, or he goes to prison. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I think it's just like it's good happen. It's I think it's what, at the core of this movie is truth, and that's why it's. Do you know what I mean? It's it's why it why it works in the way it works. Yeah, and this is where then we see Mickey's you know giving it a proper go, um, at the boxing at the old college try. We 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 get to see um, a great like a great performance that doesn't really stand out. Mickey O'Keefe. Um, as the as the police sergeant who becomes Ward's trainer, that's playing the, himself. That's Sorry. the actual guy. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, play, yeah, he plays himself. Yeah, which I think is you know usually you can tell. Like, um, there's a film, you 1993, has a lot of the actual air air traffic controllers who were there on the day when on, on 9/11, and you can completely no no harm to them, right? But you, it's so distracting. I think because you're like, well, these guys can't act. The, the, these people cannot act because they're not actors, you know. And it, every time they cut to them, you're like, "This just looks like a documentary of people pretending yeah. <laughs> to act." Like, again, not like not obviously a very touchy uh, subject matter, but not an amazing movie. But in this, I think he does a, a really good job of playing himself, but in a really that kind of understated way that mm. just just doesn't have those raw edges. Um, there's a nice quote where he initially refused to do it, and, and Wahlberg said to him that he should do it, and, and and he can because he's a cop, he's a police officer, so he has to act and think fast on his feet, and that is, I think, a really good. It's a really nice thing to have in your movie as well to have someone you know playing themselves yeah. and to be able to offer real thoughts in the moment and say, well, you know, actually, I think that. Dickie would have said this, or I think I would have react. You know, I did react in this way as opposed to this way. So there's all these kind of. I think that helps yeah. the authenticity. It also, I, rem- I remember the- there was one. I remember there was one part in the movie where it was it was the first time sort of uh, where Christian Bale ran out of the crack house. Uh, not when he had the fight when they were supposed. To, the first scene where you see Mickey training and the camera crew's all waiting around for him, and Christian Bale's late and he finally turns up. And then uh, O'Keefe is doing this thing. I don't know if you guys noticed this, where he, it's like he's got, you know, he's holding one arm, he's got another hand on the chin and a finger on his lip. And Christian Bill uh, Dickey in the movie was making fun of him, oh, I wonder what, wonder what this means. Hmm, I'll get to the bottom of this case. And I was like, oh, that's a weird trait. This is before I knew, obviously, he played himself. I was like, that's a weird trait for the actor to sort of do. And then for, you know, Christian Bale's character picks up. And I was like, oh, it's quite good, that, that detail. But then, obviously, before I knew that, he played himself. So it's... I, I, I don't know what I don't have a point here actually, but it's just no, it's looking good, back. No, it's, it's yeah. I think it's important to note, though, isn't it? Yeah, you know, looking adds, back, you sort of see. Well, you know, it's probably sort of something that he either already did or something that he thought he should do. Yeah, it adds to the realism, and um, we'll get into this, I think, more in the second half. But 
Um, I think him being there adds a lot to the boxing realism, which I think is something that Mark Wahlberg was, you know, was really keen to make striving a, for. Yeah, make a realistic boxing movie, and and that kind of comes across in the fights later on. Um, but I think also in the training, and I think the the the, the best thing you can say about O'Keefe's performance is that you never once questioned that this guy is an actor. Yeah. And do you know what? For someone who is yes. an actor, I think that is. He's, it's not distracting. You're never thinking like, who's this guy who can't fucking like position himself in front of the camera? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's never something that. Do you know what I mean? Because usually, yeah, when there's stunt yeah. casting like that, and you see somebody who's like not an actor acting, you know, it, it's noticeable. And I think, yeah, that, as I said, you know, you, you, it, put, it sticks out in, in in loads of movies where you see it. It's really, it's just really disappointing, um, isn't it? So he does a fantastic job. I think he's also passed away since I believe. Right. Um, mm. But the but so the and and the, the thing for Mickey though is that now he's 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 challenged by O'Keefe he's challenged by um, his his girlfriend to say like you have to reject your mom and your your brother mm. you have to push them aside and say no I don't want you involved anymore that is that's the condition that that, that they'll work with him at and also uh, you know it, it kind of gets into him and, and Charlene's um, relationship as well. So we, we the, the, it's just like, it's it's great because it ties together the boxing, the, the boxing stuff ties together the rest of the, the movie. But it's, again, it's, it's the undercurrent. What, we, what we're exploring is the relationships and the dynamic through the lens of the boxing, which I think is... Well, on that note, this character we haven't, I don't think, think we've mentioned, correct me if I'm wrong, is the dad... Um, who uh, is yeah George Ward by Jack, Jack McGee, McGee. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's again like quite a minor character in this, but he's kind of instrumental to this with Charlene this agreement whereby um, Mickey fires his mum as a manager, you know, fires his dad's wife as the manager. Mm. Um, they get a new manager, and he says, you know, you would know we can't have Dickie involved anymore, and I think that. Like again, he's doing a really good job of playing, you know, quite a conflicted character. In that, you know, him and the wife, him and um, the mum are still together, and like so. Oh yeah. <laughs> he he is bet- he's betrayed her, and like, but he's doing it for the good of his son. He and knows what he's doing is right, but exactly. it, it doesn't make it easy. And, exactly, and, and Alice. And, Alice knows that he's right as well. Under underneath all of the, you know, the the fire and and fury, she she knows it's the right thing to do. I think fundamentally, and certainly by the end of the movie, you get a bit a bit of a mea culpa from her. You know, in terms of, well, you've done it, so <laughs> you're the best. Um, you know, you're the pride of the now. So again, like it's a testament to this movie where all the cogs are working, and I think that if one of these characters was weak, we would be having a different conversation about how it's a real shame that, do you know what I mean, ex-actor couldn't carry his load, and I think this guy you know, is asked asked to maybe like, again, like, act a bit and show a bit of contradiction and show a bit of um, do you know what I mean, be a three-dimensional character even though, out of all the people we've talked about thus far, you know, he has he is, he is by far the, you know most in the background Mm-hmm. That we've mentioned. And there's a funny scene. One of my favorite, the, probably the funniest bit in the movie is where they're having a fight on Charlie's porch, and they're all kicking <laughs> shit at each other. Yeah. And, and he drives. The dad drives up in the in his truck, 
you know, he's, he's, he's he knows something's <laughs> going on, so he follows him there. He sees what's happening, and he just puts his car straight into reverse and just reverse. <laughs> and there's this wonderfully, this like wonderfully long, and you're thinking, when when they're going to cut? Are they going to cut now? Are they going to cut now? And it just keeps going and going and going, and just, just <laughs> down yeah. the road he goes, reversing. <clears throat> Probably. There's the, 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 like there's really there's three really funny scenes in that movie, and that's one of them. Sam. And like all three of them like involve Jack McGee. I mean, my, my favorite one. Like, I'm I'm just I'm just gonna hijack this part of the episode. My favorite one was the the first time when they go to get Christian Bale out of the crack house. You know, and Dave, you mentioned where he jumps out the window. And so because his mother's there, he, he's he's like he's gonna run away from the crack house and show up at their home so his mum doesn't find out. Quote unquote. Um. And so uh, he he jumps out of the house and basically he's, he's about to jump this fence and the father Jack McGee George Ward comes round and like pulls him off the fence and like tries to swing at him and of course Dicky being an Xbox like easily ducks it and just knocks him clean on his ass. <laughs> and Mark Warble goes like, "What the hell were you doing?" <laughs> he goes, "Well, I was trying again." He goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, you came in and charged like a silverback fucking gorilla. Oh yeah, you got him. Well done." <laughs> What was the plan? <laughs> yeah, what was the plan? <laughs> and we should say this is not a funny movie at all. No, but like, no, no, but it is. It is, though, isn't it's, it? It's, it it's, it's well planned levity. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yes. Yes. It's really good, isn't it? That's really my good. favorite scene, honestly. It's very, very good. I, I have a lot of favorite scenes in this movie. Um, so the we haven't mentioned is kind of like the 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 all is lost moment in this movie. Uh, is when uh, when Dickie's arrested and Mickey gets his yeah, hand right, broken right before by the, first half, yeah. the American police who, um, I mean, I totally buy, would, would do things like this. And uh, still do. <laughs> and still do. Mostly to black people, though, so this is a bit no, different. No, 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 guys, guys, guys. Uh, Biden is in office now. Racism solved. Did you not hear? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, okay. It's done. <laughs> I'm not sure he's he's claiming that, but well, yeah, okay. I'm 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 joking, of course. Um, yeah, uh, the, the, it's the, a step in the right direction. The the, the bit the bit, that is a good scene though, and it and it's like it is that all his last moment because he was, he was about to fight and then his hand's broken, so he can't do it. Mm. And I think it's for him. It's like that moment of like, well, I've got to get, I've got to get away from my fucking toxic brother who keeps dragging me into these situations because he's the one who's you know Dickie's the one who's fighting the cops. He comes in saying, "Leave my brother alone." And the police are like, "Well, fuck you then." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, and they say, oh, "He's a fighter. Take break his break his knuckles." You know, and they do it on purpose. So it's a real like moment of, um, yeah, the all is lost is is about right. But it's that rebirth, then, isn't it? And it's that birth of him rejecting his family. And that is, I mean, that is the core of the movie, isn't it? It's about family, and it's about the mom says it all the time, "Hey, you, you, never mind that. We're family. You know, blood is thicker than water, and all this stuff." And it's, it's the rejection of that, Sam, and then coupled with later on the realization that, like, maybe he can't do it without his family. Exactly, it's a rejection, mm-hmm. and then the re- reaffirmation of that within, you know, forty minutes or or maybe a little bit longer, where they just they completely, you know, it's that core theme is family, and then at the end of the movie they're obviously all rich and happy. So. So maybe although the, again, like to its to its credit, this movie never really talks about money. Um, no, no, as, in, as in Ross a good said, way. Yeah. It's never about like we must we must escape this poverty. It's more like you know we need to prove to us and to the world that we are we're better than they think that we I'm are. good enough. Yeah, exactly. It's this real like um, poor honor system that we get in a lot of stuff. Um, you know, in real life as well, like the pride of people. 
Um, so let's talk about some fucking boxing. I was just about we? to say, I'm I'm up, I'm feeling pumped now. I want to do it. Uh, you <laughs> are a contender, Sam. I get it. Your blood yeah. is up, but please don't let's, punch either of us. Let's let's spar. Let's Sam, spar. think let's about your title shot next week, man. Don't oh. don't jeopardize it. I know. Yeah. I've, got to, I've, I've got to train. I've got to train. <laughs> Sorry, this is only funny if you know Sam. <laughs> <laughs> who looks like who looks or like just a stone solid. slab skeleton, or, or, or just his <laughs> physical appearance? Only people who know us listen to this, so I don't think yeah, we absolutely need to worry about that. That's um, so very true. Um, the, um, we only get one fight in the first half of this movie, which is the again like another bit of funny, another funny moment is it's a fight his mum's arranged, um, and they get there and the guy can't fight for whatever reason, and so they arrange another fight like last minute. And he's got the flu. Um, they go, oh, the guy's just come out of prison. Um, he's a little bit overweight, you know, but it's fine. And they go out, and this guy is like stacked. Yeah. This guy the, the is ter- fighting the term, the term three used times is, the just, size. He, he, the term they used is he just got off the coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark Wahlberg goes, when he gets in the ring, he goes, if he just got off the fucking couch, I want that couch. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Brilliant. Again, another brilliant sort of levity sort of bit in it. Yeah. Sorry, and then he proceeds want. to get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, um, which is kind of like a nice moment of you're not sure if the movie's then going to be about like him deciding that boxing isn't for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 the boxing itself, I think, is one of those things where it it comes, I think, a lot from from Warburg. You know, this guy was getting up at four in the morning in in prep. You know, while he was shooting other movies to prepare for this movie, he was trained extensively by a range of different people and was really like really did a heck of a lot of work to get to the point where he was able to um like realistically pay off the the what he what he looked like but also as we mentioned he refused a stunt double he actually took real punches and and you know nearly got his nose broke a couple of times he was he was really committed to this and i think he's quoted as saying i'm just trying to find it yeah saying like He's seen, he's seen Raging Bull and Rocky loads of times, but the fighting just wasn't as realistic as what he hoped to achieve and accomplish in this film. And I think that is, I think, you know, again, credit to Warburg for for delivering, I think, the one of the, probably the best and most grounded boxing. Um, I mean, I have to I have to contest this just a little bit. Raging Bull, uh, you know, maybe not so much, I don't, I don't know. But to be fair to Rocky, there's like a... A tradition now where like each sort of you know of the quote unquote fighters in those movies have to take a real punch, and like Sylvester Stallone got punched so hard by uh, Dolph Lundgren that he had to go to hospital because his heart got like moved inside his chest. <laughs> the, his insurance almost didn't pay out because they said this is like something that would happen if a truck hit you. They wouldn't believe a man caused that damage to him, so. About taking punches, fair play to Mark Wahlberg. I think it's a bit mean to shit on Rocky. I'm no, no, shit, no, I no think, he's not shitting Rocky. I think what, what Sam's saying, Ross, is the that realism. The, the fighting is more realistic. If you think about Rocky and you think all the, the dude fights... got punched so hard the doctor thought a truck no, no, hit no, him. No, 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 no. It's about how he's Hear me framed. out, Ross. Hear me it's about out. How I'm, I'm being facetious. It's about I'm the I'm actual technicalities of the fighting. If you look at the fights that we see in this movie, we don't see, you know, like in Rocky, it's not a one-hit KO in the second, you know, in the third or fourth round, and they're both bleeding heavily. And do, do you know what I mean? It it feels more like an actual fight, you know. Yeah. He, he, he intentionally, like he intentionally, it's more dogged. Yeah, he intentionally it's more doesn't. dogged. And when he wins by technical knockout, like 
that's not your typical sports movie ending. No. It would be like a he's on the ground, the ref shot is is counting him out. He gets up, he stands to his feet, he totters, and he makes one swing and knocks him out, and he's won. And you know the girl comes on and everything. It's not that. The first it feels the much first more fight, like the, the the first fight is him protecting himself for fucking you know seven rounds or whatever it was as he's, much as he can. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he he is trying to tire him out, and was it is it head body head or something like that? They, 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 head, head body, body head. head body. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's so that is the that is the game plan. And then yeah. in the, in the, the final fight, we see him going out there and trying what um, O'Keefe and and uh, Charlene worked on together in terms of their strategy. Wasn't working. Wasn't working. And what does he do? He goes back to his brother. He goes back to his brother and and does the head body head again. <clears throat> and we get the we get the, the you know the, 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 the victory. So so I think yeah I'm not I I think it's the theatric the the, the theatrics of Rocky that I think Mark mm-hmm. Wahlberg is is kind of railing against because this is more realistic isn't it? It's more realistic in that you see a, what looks like a real fight. I love the use of the um the the, the actual kind of cameras that they've got there. Yeah, you know, where you that see lends everything. the authenticity to it, doesn't it? Yeah, like TV mode cameras, more 120 hertz, whatever it is they're doing to try and. All of these things just add to that feel of like there's no, there's no super slow motion where you see the and the blood <laughs> the, the, everywhere. The punch connect, yeah, yeah. There yeah. isn't any like of his that. face is catching up with gravity. There is a wee bit of slow motion, I think, but not necessarily used in that real kind of uh, exaggerated way, you know, that you see in mm. in Rocky or other um, fighting movies. So no, totally. I, I think again, like I'm, none of us are boxing experts by any stretch of the imagination, but it. Apart you know, from I've Sam, watched, I, I've watched. Apart from Sam, um, <laughs> I've watched. I've watched some boxing, and this. Do you know what I mean? It, it, they felt like real fights, and you can tell that Wahlberg was doing all of his stuff. In fairness to Sylvester Stallone, Ross, obviously no one's contesting that he's been punched in the face a lot. Um, <laughs> look at the man. Look at that but, face. <laughs> look at that face. He's obviously been punched in the face enough. That's fine. He made. He made six Rocky movies. I buy it. Um, but you know, it, it kind of lends something to this movie that. Um, that we are watching, you know, Mark Wahlberg in a ring with an enormous mm. man who's beating him up, and uh, you know, it makes it. There's some real stakes at the end as well because I like for me especially not having watched it before or read about it or anything like that. Like I genuinely didn't know whether he'd win his fight at the end. <laughs> yeah, no. and if obviously if you didn't know the history, the 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 true history, you you wouldn't know. And I was the same. Like I thought, because it's based on a true story, I thought legitimately, like actually, he, he could was going to lose the fight, and then yeah, there could yeah. still be a like a happy, foot nice conclusion to the movie, even with that. So I was like, I don't know if he's going to win this fight. Is that story so, that he loses sort of, this fight? That's sort of refreshing, though, isn't it? Because we all have this thing in the back of our minds, you know, whether you're watching Avengers or you know or whatever movie, but you know, like oh yeah, there's gonna oh yeah, the stakes are high, but you always know in the back of your head he's going to win. But like you said, Dave. Because it's based on a true story, you actually, you know, you genuinely don't know, and there is a, there is a bit of suspense there for you as the viewer. Yeah, nice, nice bit of tension. Um, mm. You know, it's not tension. Rocky, that's a better it, word. Yeah. The, and because of the way the movie's played out, like, like I said, for an hour, this movie seems like a story about Dicky and his crack addiction, and then for the last hour, it's a story. Of, it's your. It, that's that's where your sports movie lives. That's where your like training montages and your. You know, oh, I don't know if I can win it, and oh, babe, you can totally win it. Like that's where all that lives, and 
but because of that first hour, you're thinking like, actually, this could be a he loses this fight, but he goes home and he maybe finds something else. You know, he's he's lost the fight, but he's won his honor or whatever. Do you know but, what I mean? But, but he's, a, he's a complete human. Yeah. Yeah. Can we can we just go back a little bit uh, a moment to to Dicky because we've kind of skipped ahead in his story because it, before the big fight he comes he gets out of prison he's 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 clean you know he runs he gives his son a hug and all the, all these nice moments New and teeth. then we we see him go to to meet Mickey and and everyone kind of loses their shit you know Charlene loses shit O'Keefe everyone's kind of like what the, no we're not having him back because he walks in thinking right well, let's let's spar up you know let's just back to the old days let's do it let's train for the fight it'll be fine and yeah. so you get this great moment where like he he's he and uh, Dickie and Alice are thinking it's going to be just like the old times and it's not and he has to leave because everyone everyone else basically said no fuck it except Mark Wahlberg has that moment and you mentioned it earlier Dave like a moment where this is this is about me you know this is my Mm -hmm. moment I'm the one who's going in the fucking ring and I'm the one who's going to be taking the punches so you let me have my brother there and it's a really nice moment in the film and very very realistic I think I don't know if it actually happened in this way but it's like in in most cases when when people have an argument you know it isn't just that's it. I'm never speaking to you again. You know, there's there's moments where everyone cools down for compromise. There's moments where everyone kind of understands that actually there's other ways that we can do this. And 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 so we see the moment between um, uh, Mickey and, and Charlene where she he says, "Look, I need my brother there. Well, you don't have to like it, but I need him there. If I want to win, if I'm going to win, that's what's going to happen." Mm-hmm. And and I think it's just a great like it's a great res- resolution to um to Dickie's story and the, there's a point where he goes off presumably to go get high well, and to get high he I'm, takes I'm his glad, birthday, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention that next yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he takes his cake with him doesn't he and he goes to the crack house he goes to the crack house and then this is great moment and Ross I'll let you I'll let you lay out oh uh, thank you <laughs> so yeah so he, he leaves the gym after the, the, there's a the big falling and he's got the cake with him and um What's his name? Jack McGee, George Ward. You know the stepfather comes out and he says, "You know, come back. You know, we can we can sort it out." And he go and uh, Dickie says, "I've got to go do something." And uh, and George says, "Then like, don't do it. I know what that means. Don't do it." And obviously, you know, then you think he's gonna go off and start using. And he gets to the crack house and he sees all his old friends again. Even the guys like does a thing where like drug dealers sort of like hide the drugs in their mouth and he shows it to him. He goes, "Do you want to come upstairs? You know, have a party." And he just hands him the cake and he goes. You know, see you later. You know, I don't, I don't need this. And he walks off, and like it's so. I don't know if it, like I, I would love it if it actually happened like that. But I think that's a bit of Hollywood. But I don't care because it was just so satisfying <laughs> to sort of see that. You know what I mean? The guy's turned a corner and he hasn't gone back. Well, you see it in prison, don't you? You see him like he's working out more and he's getting clean. Like, you see him going through withdrawals. Withdrawals, yeah. Get, he gets clean and you see him running around. And he's training and and he looks better. And then they fix his teeth when he comes out. And he's like, got more, he, you know, he's got more weight. Christian Bale more hair more weight on it for it. You know, like you can see the difference. It's quite yeah, remarkable, yeah. actually. There, there, there's clarity in the eyes as well, isn't it? Exactly. And so he goes to get high, and he like, you know, and I'm not an addict or anything, but like I assume that that takes an, an, a phenomenal amount of willpower to. Mm-hmm. And it's that moment where he again, he, maybe he, 
he's got that thing in the back of his mind where where you know Mickey said you know he just wants it to be about him and he does love his brother and his family and everything like that and he's there and he thinks and he thinks no I'm not going to get high you know what Mickey needs me and I need to make that work so he goes yeah. to see yeah. Charlene which for me I think is probably probably one of the best scenes in the movie between um, uh, Dickie and Charlene yeah because in reality you've got like you know two of your three best actors in a scene just the two of them and like it's all dialogue and, and they basically mm-hmm. just have this argument on the porch where Dickie says <laughs> essentially say I don't fucking like you um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Mickey does and and he needs and he needs you to be there because she's stormed off and he says and 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 he also needs me you know um and that's then punctuated by one of the greatest scenes for Wahlberg and like the Mickey character in this movie where he drives up Dickie says we sorted it out it's fine she's coming back and 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 he says right now go and get a, now go and get O'Keefe back and he walks off and it's like this wonderful sort of like <laughs> like like yeah. yes, bitch. You right. He knows that. Like, do you know what I mean? He knows Dickie's in his corner. Then and he's like, right. Well, I need this. So you go and do that. Yeah. And the, the, right, right after there's a, the, the, some. The, the, in my opinion, the best lines of the movie, where um, uh, Christian Bale says, you know, like you know, he basically asks Mark Wahlberg, you know, was uh, was I really that much to you? And Mark Wahlberg says, yeah, you know, you went toe to toe with Sugar Ray. He says, you know, you knocked him down. No one else could do that. He says, and. Uh, uh, Mickey Ward says, "You know, you were my hero," and Christian Bale's character Dickie turns around and he's walking and he goes, "Yep, I was." And I'm like, "Oh, right in the heart, yeah. shot me right through the heart." That <laughs> we, we haven't. Um, there's just a quick on Sugar Ray. I think that's a lovely scene, Ross. I think it's one of the highlight, one of the great mm-hmm. best lines in the movie. It's so impactful, so impactful. Yeah, but, that's um, a brothers love that. Yeah. It really is, isn't it? And it and and I'll come back to Sugar Ray, but it it gets to the like the resolution of the movie is basically. The focus isn't on Dickie anymore, and and that's because it's not because Mark Warburg steals it. Mickey doesn't steal it. Um, it's his time. Yeah, Dickie gives it to him. He says, yeah. you know, and, and and he says at the end of the movie, he says like that he basically he made himself. You know, he, he's he didn't need me. Um, he he did it all himself. I think that's a lovely. You know, you talk about Sentiment. like yeah, and you talk about an arc. You talk about a character arc, mm, mm. And, and so it's often, really satisfying. It really is, and so often character arcs are, are are kind of stunted by, or cheap. Yeah, by like e- either it's the editing or it's there's something that just it just doesn't click, you know, and you can kind of lose, you lose a couple scenes, and that ends up it, it just not being satisfying. And mm-hmm. I think this is a movie where, like, they knew the overall arc of all the characters, or at least Dickie and Mickey, and they're able to. To really pay it off, because what do we start with? We start with Dickie's story. We start with him being walking down the street, being the pride of Lyle, yeah. all this stuff, and how big he feels about it. <clears throat> and then we end up with him saying, "You know, my brother's done this thing, and that's amazing, and did it himself." You know, which mm-hmm. I think is a great sentiment. Mm-hmm. Sugar Ray Leonard plays himself as well. Another yes, she's um, no that. way. Yep, that is the actual Sugar Ray Leonard. The guy looks fantastic. <laughs> he is looking good. I mean, his career this was getting punched in the face. He said like he's playing a twenty-year younger himself. I got to be honest, guys. If I was playing me twenty years ago, I would not look the same. 
<laughs> you wouldn't know. Uh, we we we, we uh, side sidebar. We, we uh, I looked at some photos the other day of um, Joe and I uh, from the from the midweek episode five years ago, and I thought, wow, I couldn't pass for me five years ago, like, yeah. twenty years ago. I had hair five years ago. To be, no, fa- to be, to be fair, I think the pandemic Ouch. has aged us all um, really <laughs> oppressively. <laughs> A year of lockdown and and do, I, do, you, do you, have you have hair on your head, Sam? Say again. Do you have hair on your head? I do have hair on my head, yeah. Then don't fucking talk to me about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a shame, Ross. It's a shame. Hey, at least, um, at least you're married already. You know, you don't have to do the work anymore. At least it's all done. You don't have to depress any other woman. Oh, I'll, I'll be sure to tell my wife. I'll let her know. You should be lucky. Do you know I don't have to do the work anymore? So, uh, <laughs> up to it. I'm sure that'll go really, really well for you, Ross. Oh, yeah, like uh, a lead fucking balloon. <laughs> I know Amy well enough to know that Ross is sleeping in the garden tonight. <laughs> That's right. Um, so talking on. about this movie, I feel like we've kind of we've kind of gone through it now. Mm. Let's. Is there anything else anyone wants? Any bit of trivia or anything? Any, any, anyone else what, wants to one, sort of one like... thing I want to bring up? I'm glad you set that up, Dave. One thing I want to bring up is oh no the the no no <laughs> no you're fine. Don't worry. Uh, just the on stage. I don't know what the term is the on stage sort of relationship or. That's uh, the sort of the yeah the on camera sort of relationship between Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale because obviously they're playing brothers, but it's it's so believable and like the, the interactions they have with one another is you know is, is a lot like the interactions I have with my brothers, you know and that's sort of that playful you know ripping the piss out of one another, but there's that underlying sort of like affection and it just and I'll, and I th- I think that comes down to you know you see at the very end of the movie in the in the credits what the actual brothers look like and Christian Bale looks really close to him and I just think it's 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 it, that's an understated thing as well is that the the relationship that uh, Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg have on screen and it's it comes across so well yeah well ultimately this is a film about family I know it's a sports mm. movie but this is a film about family and and for me especially like being part of a large family they kind of nail like the interactions between all of these people yeah. Yeah, like this yeah. is the way that family acts with each other, and you know this is the way that family argues, and this is the way that brothers are with each other. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and that sells the movie more than anything else, more than any performance or anything like that. It's it's just an understanding from the writing point of view and an understanding from the actors involved of like how how people interact with family. I, I, absolutely, absolutely. Well put, Div. Um, the last thing I want to mention is this movie was an hour fifty six. No complaints. Uh, I will say when I was watching it, I was texting you guys and I was getting quite irate. At <laughs> I like know. 50, I remember at the fifty five like minute thirty mark. minutes, and you're like, "This um, is awful." And like, "All right, Dave, <laughs> please, Dave, just wait. Watch the entire movie before you judge it." And yeah. guys, guys, you were right. However, I will. I oh, would. Dave, I will Dave, say, Dave, one, one more time, one more time. Say that. <laughs> no, you get one. That's it. That's it. Um, I'll, I'll play loop it back when we hear the Ross, the Earth's crust is only so strong. Your head can only get so big before you fall <laughs> to the center of the Earth. Before the gravitational big, pull. Um, so I guess I have a bit of trivia actually, which I think is really interesting. So um, the film crew that's following Dicky around, um, they managed to get quite a lot of the guys who actually filmed the original HBO documentary um, in wow. the nineties. 
and they they're all following Dickie around, and the footage that you see when it's documentary footage has all been filmed on the same sorts of cameras they used when they filmed the original documentary. Wow. And the guy, I think the main guy, the main like documentarian guy, is the guy who was in the main guy when they actually did the in real life documentary, and he came into the movie and basically did it again, um, which I think is a really cool bit of like uh, real world sort of. That is I mean, really that's the easiest way to make it authentic, isn't it? Just get you the same people you, to do you, it. You can imagine him and the real world Dickie Eklund. Eukland? Uh, Eukland, isn't it? The, the real world Dickie Eukland. I think it's Eklund, isn't it? Would have, that, would have uh, too good of a relationship. So, you know, because they, they thought it was going to be his comeback thing. And I was like, actually, it's a, it's a documentary on your yeah. crack addiction, buddy. Well, there's a, there was a thing in the, in, in the trivia as well that, like, we mentioned we've kind of mentioned teased it before, but I don't think any of the Eckland Ward family were particularly like thrilled with Dickie, how this movie Dickie had out. a big Dickie had a big yellow match with Christian Bale. Yeah, because um, there was supposed to be a cameo scene with Mickey and Dickie, the real Mickey and Dickie. Oh, um, in the movie, uh, like you know, not as themselves, um, but basically Dickie stormed off set uh, when they were filming it, so it didn't go in because they couldn't do it. Oh. Yeah, well, I, I, think it's, I think it's. I think it's always the. It's always difficult if. And why is Christian Bale always involved in the fucking fallout? Why is he <laughs> always in the Bale middle of it? Must be quite a difficult guy to work with. Yeah, because he takes his job very seriously, and like I guess he's pretty wound pretty tight. Can't argue with the results. The... Hey, can't, can't argue with the results. You can't oh, argue yeah, with sure. the results. Last trivia bit for me. Um, We've we've talked about how the, the the kind of Oscars that this was nominated for, but I just want to list them because we've got Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor, which Christian Bale won, Best Supporting Actress, Amy Adams and Melissa Leo, which Leo won, Best Original Screenplay, Best Film Editing, and then we got three BAFTAs as well. So, wow. uh, sorry, nominated for three BAFTAs. Excuse me. So I just like this is a critically acclaimed movie as well as being you know like mm. a, a really a really a really good one. It obviously. There is there is a bit of Oscar bait feel to this a tiny little bit, you know it's a bit mean spirited I think to say that it's this, really going for that but it does have that like, you know, overcoming all odds American yeah. tale you know yeah um, oh uh, absolutely I, will, I mean th- this is completely anecdotal on my part but I feel like you know my my, my sort of uh, method of discovering this movie I think that'll be indicative of maybe why it didn't get so because I never heard of it before like I seen it and, and and I could be living under a rock but maybe it's maybe it's because it was buried under those sort of like those superficial movies about MMA about fighting that it didn't have its sort of like time to shine because I've got a feeling that people who love fighting movies granted there's not a lot of like fighting or boxing in it but it's still a damn good watch and I think people would still enjoy it so yeah, maybe, maybe, again, thinking out loud, but maybe it's maybe, maybe that's why it didn't get sort of uh, as much exposure. Possibly. I mean, it did get, like, the Academy Awards quite big. Um, just as a bit of yeah. um, context here, uh, Colin Firth won Best Actor that year for The King's Speech. Uh, Natalie Portman won Best Actress for Black Swan. Um, oh, fuck off. <laughs> Have you ever seen Black Swan? I haven't actually. Oh, no, that's um, a good film. <laughs> but I've seen Natalie Portman. <laughs> the King's Speech she's, won she's the best good. picture, um, and yeah. Tom Hooper won the best director for the King's Speech, which is another movie I've like heard of but never actually seen. Um, Darren Darren Aronofsky was um, was initially hired on this um, as a director, and he he directed he he uh, dropped out of this film to direct Black Swan. 
So good thing you got an Oscar out of it. Otherwise you would have missed it. <laughs> yeah. <Disney> missed out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and the social network also took quite a few awards that year, just to put it in a place in time. And lastly, actually, Inception won a couple of technical awards. Mm, um, so those yeah, are kind so, of the movies that this was competing with. I mean, I would I would say like you know I'm, I'm not shitting on the movie at all, but like I wouldn't call it t- you know, a technical wonder. You know what I mean? And that's not to say you know it's not good, but it's like you know the, the effects in Inception were impressive for the time. Well, this is it, and there are no effects in the fighter. That's all, yeah, that's what I mean. Just, which is fine and makes a really good movie, but there it's are. not win. In physical, with a lot of physical effects in this, you know, like the what, whole... we, what we're saying, Sam, is that like a movie like The Fighter is never going to beat a movie like Inception to you know best, you know best yeah for visual for visual effects awards right okay. because a visual effects award usually goes to like quite a visual yeah. effects heavy movie. So calm down, Sam. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. We're not attacking your the fights around Academy Inception. I, I would never attack Sam. Full stop. The guy well, no, you. because he'd, he'd, he'd beat the living shit out of you, Ross. Oh, yeah. Um, you and me, Ross, he'd also, he'd also smear you to the academy, with which yeah. he's quite tight. Oh, he's got ends. It's very well connected, is our Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Probably because of his boxing prowess. <laughs> yeah. And don't don't forget my he's ability to talk about movies. with all those celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. This is a joke that only we three people find funny. Yeah. Well, we've gone from we've gone from Sam being a racist to Sam now being a prized fighter. I'll, I'll take that upgrade. To be honest, I will take both. that upgrade both. If, that's, if that's open to me. Well, well, don't get too big for your britches because you can go back down. All right. Okay. I'm sure you'll find something new for me next week. Absolutely. Um, I think maybe that's maybe what we've. The end of our discussion. I don't know if anyone's got any final thoughts. I, I think that's a good place like, to end it. Yeah, there we go. I do. Goes out, I Dave. certainly feel like I've said everything I need to say about this movie. I was, I really surprised how much I enjoyed this movie as a whole. Um, and I'm again, I'm really thankful for the podcast because it isn't the movie I mentioned when we watched it. This isn't the sort of movie I would ever sit down and watch because I'd watch ten minutes of it and think, oh, this seems like a talkie, and I'd put something else on. <laughs> a talkie. <laughs> Fucking hell, Dave! Amazing. Your 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 uh, your cinematic range can only go so far. It seems. No, no. And, I, I mean and I'm supposed to be the dumb one. Of Conversations. The group, right? What? <laughs> listen, listen. A what I mean is that we is know that what you movies mean. like this are great. However, no. it's not. If I'm scrolling through Netflix or Amazon or whatever, then you know I'll see something like this and think, oh, it's two hours over two hours. Oh, it's two hours long. And it's going to be serious. I might think, actually, I'm quite tired. I'd rather just watch something a bit yeah. lighter. And so, do you All know right, Michael so Bay. The, All the right. ask to watch <laughs> yeah. that Thanks. Um, Thanks. is higher. Dave is the Michael um, Bay of podcasts. Cheers, Michael Remind Bay. me, guys, what streaming platform was this on? I have no idea. Was it on Amazon? I Sky, no wasn't it? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No one will... No, no. By the time anyone listens to this, it'll be gone off there, off, off Amazon, back on <laughs> Amazon, off Amazon, back Sam, on Sky. Stop. Stop undercutting the very nature of doing a podcast. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm saying that I'm hordes saying, of ravenous listeners yeah. are devouring our content. Sam. They are. But I'm the saying the risks that I have used. The risk of getting it. a beating from you, Sam. Dave's right. <laughs> He's 200 miles away. I'm probably fine. It's international lockdown. He can't leave yeah. Scotland yeah. with those legs like tree trunks, Dave's. He could stride. He could stride so quickly to you. Anyway, right. he's got a couple of inches on me as well. He might, he might, t- he, he, he might. Oh, he's got chance. reach. He's got reach. He's a he's contender. Got re- he's got the reach. He's a fighter, man. He's a contender. 
You guys keep talking as I as I note down the edit mark uh, for the, for most of this sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I'm calling that empty fucking threat. You always say that, and you never edit it out. So All fuck right, good luck, Ross. Good luck. <laughs> right. Enjoy talking to the void. On that note, um, I believe someone correct me if I'm wrong. Is this our last January episode? I I don't know. It is. It? Yes. Let's it, go with it, yes, that. Yes. Uh, yes in yes. February. As a little bit of a podcast announcement, um, it being the month of love, um, so to speak, we're going to be doing rom-coms uh, as picked uh, by Ross's and Sam's um, Invisible Wives. Oh, I've got wives. a few good ones. I've got a few good ones. Yes. Uh, so we've basically outsourced the uh, scheduling for this month um, because I'm a single man and therefore I did not go to school for picking rom-coms to watch for the podcast. Um, and so, you know, we may as well use resources that are at our disposal. Our wives. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Um, so that will be an exciting delve into maybe something that isn't a genre which we're overly familiar with. Um, so that should be fun. Uh, but this has been nice, guys. We did a good movie that wasn't from the 90s, but was set in the 90s. Baby and steps, look, Dave. Baby steps. I, I look forward to all these 90s rom-coms that we're going to get into <laughs> next week. One, one step forward. 25 steps back. Absolutely. Right. Let's get the fuck out of here, guys. Good night. See you later. See you, folks.